0: Hi, I'm Lucy James, and I listen to the 1UP Gaming Podcast.
1: O-U-G Talks, yeah, O-U-G Talks.
2: News in chat that really rocks. It's O-U-G
1: Talks,
2: yeah, O-U-G Talks. And we're back with the 1UP Gaming Podcast. I've lost count of how many episodes this is, but... We've got a couple of guests this week, so if you both just want to say who you are and what you do, please.
1: Uh, Ladies first, you go first, Becky.
0: Okay, hi, I'm Becky Hurst, I'm CEO of Dark Clear Productions. We bring tabletop and cosplay to events.
1: And I'm Andy Brown, I'm the MD of Replay Events, and we do gaming expos up and down the country. In fact, around the world.
2: (laughs) Would you say world, or...?
1: Yeah, we've done, we've done events in Singapore, and we've done events in Spain, so that makes us multinational. Yes, it
2: does. <laughs> you should do more in Singapore, invite all the UK press.
1: Okay, right, I'll put that on my to-do list. <laughs>
2: <laughs> First of all, Andy, how long has the Expos been going for now?
1: Um, we... So, Replay Events, in its various guises, have been doing events for for, ooh, probably about 7 years now. So our our first event was in Blackpool back in oh my word 2007 possibly no 2008. Uh and yeah, we've grown from there to having one smallish annual event to having um four of our own and doing I think another 10 events where we're suppliers from. So yeah, grown quite considerably in size over the uh, six or seven years.
2: I guess this is the first time you've actually ventured north into Scotland. Uh,
1: no, we've done, we've done some smaller work before. We've done some uh, work with the Edinburgh Museum, the Museum of Flight, where we've done some displays for them. And we worked with the Scottish Car Show for a few uh, few years, uh, running their gaming zone. So we've, done, we've supplied two other events in Scotland, but this is definitely the first event of our own that we've run. Uh, north of the border, as you say.
2: So, I mean, I just want to know, how long ago was the Glasgow Expo first started conceptual until it's actually become a reality? Um,
1: I think Becky might remember probably. We were, we were talking about it early last year. I mean we yeah. we we definitely discussed having when we were looking at new territories Scotland was something we were talking about as as long ago as 2 or 3 years and at that time there was uh, an, another event that was launched and 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 looked like it was going to do very well which unfortunately was cancelled um and we had our kind of eyes on, on Scotland um, for a while. I know we, we looked at our demographics and our audience and our Manchester Expo, which is our flagship. We had quite a high percentage. I think it was like six, 6% of people came from, from around Glasgow uh, and, and sort of Scotland area. So we already knew that if, if we had an audience that were willing to travel to our event, if we put one on you know, in, 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 in Scotland itself, that it should do well. But I think we we looked at the venue and we we made the booking. It was probably around about this time last year, Becky, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. To be
0: honest, yeah, it's been about a year in the making. Yeah,
1: because I mean, the bigger the bigger exhibition centres, you need to you need to book well in advance. And um, some of them are working on calendars that are two three years in, in in advance. So yeah, you have to kind of be thinking not next year, but the year after, really, when planning events.
2: And I mean, I know when I've. I mean, we, last year, we tried to do a Guinness World Record for the longest live stream sort of thing, and we managed to do about 55 hours continuous (laughs) sort of streaming. I know how just that little thing with four people, one office, to actually get that organised, how much that work that took. So to do an actual full expo for two full days with hundreds of different people involved, it must be like pulling your hair out sort of like just horrible try not
1: try not to think of it think about it um we're we're, we're quite hot, often heavily medicated aren't we <laughs> 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 I, I, I think it, it definitely t- takes a certain type of person to do it I, um uh, yeah it is and it is quite stressful um, it's, it's around about now is the time it's stressful when it's just a few, a, a few days or a week or so before the show because this is when everything really has to come together by the time you get to the show itself it, it, it's either things are happening or, you, or they just don't happen. And, and you tend to kind of, uh, you know, it's, as, as an organiser, it's a little bit more relaxed then. Uh, unless, of course, in God touch, nothing does go wrong. But when things do happen, then you have to be kind of sorting those things out. But by and large, if you've organised it well, if you've done your job as an organiser, by the time the show itself takes place, your job is largely done.
0: Yeah. I think you have to love what you do to do this type of job, to be honest. It, it's a lot of work, but you need to kind of thrive on the stress of it and just really love what you're doing.
1: Labor of love, but it's good as I mean, at the at the event itself. You know, you, you it's kind of nice to see people having fun, and you can just take a sit sit back and think. Do you know what we we did that, we organized that. Uh, it's a nice it's a nice gift to give to people.
0: Definitely worth it when it all pays off, and you see everyone enjoying the show.
2: And um, I mean, like I've not been to any of the play expos. I mean, I did have some tickets for, I think it was Manchester a couple of years ago, but I was supposed to have. Got married the week before and it all went, let's just say, tits up. And (laughs) so, unfortunately, that didn't happen. And then the year after, I was going to apply, but I moved up to Glasgow and I thought it's too far to sort of travel all the way down. And I thought when I moved up here, oh, it's a big city, there's bound to be something. But there's not even any real sort of like game shops up here. It's actually really quite surprising. I mean, when you guys were, when, like you say, when you were looking into Scotland, were you surprised at how little, like, events there are up here?
1: Um, I think the same, this, you'd say the same for, for, the, for Wales and, 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 and Ireland. And, and, I mean, really, the UK as, as a whole, there's, there's probably only three, ourselves included, companies organ, organising big, large-scale gaming events. And there probably are smaller ones that maybe aren't publicised as much as around Scotland and, and, and other sort of uh, countries that you don't hear about. But, um, yeah, I, 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 it's not something I've really thought about um, or focused on. Um, I think I'm just interested in taking what we do to other places and delivering a good show, really. Uh, I'm not too concerned what people have done before.
2: I think there's only a couple of places that I could name in the UK that do like, gaming events like Blackpool, Manchester, Birmingham, London and is the one in, is it Margate?
1: Yeah, we do one in Margate.
2: <clears throat> yeah, they're the only ones I could actually name. I mean, there's loads of other ones but like I, I went to one in Wolverhampton a couple of years ago. That was quite good. I think that was Revival. Mm. And so I mean, I'd have a guess that They'd all be very similar, where it's got a load of like old arcade machines, old pinball machines. Then there's like loads of tournaments being played, and little booths here and there for different bits and bobs. I mean, what do you think makes the Play Expo brand stand out from the rest?
1: Um, I think we quite often get told that uh, there's a certain atmosphere to to ours. I don't think it's just as sort of Carte Blanche as bringing in equipment and sticking it in a room. Um, there's a, there's a lot of thought process that goes into the, people's journey. So, what they see when they walk through the door, what they, you know, how they kind of move through the expo, what's next to other things. Um, we like to think, you know, what we're doing is it's, it's a celebration of gaming. We're giving people an experience, um, and you know, as you as you said, it, it, it's as well. It's doing things like tournaments. Um, maybe bringing in guests um, cosplay and and board card and board games, so what what Becky and the dark Leo guys bring in um, the crossovers between um video gaming and and card and board game we add all of those elements elements of gaming and we we, we make it a kind of a cross section of all different types of gaming at our shows it 's you know yes, I know we we kind of started out doing retro shows that that 's our origin, but now our shows are all about every element of gaming you know be it the retro be it the pc be it the land gaming or be it current modern virtual reality that's what we've just started adding to our shows and i think it's that the fact that we as well we put equal importance on the older stuff as well as the newer stuff uh, and give everything a a, 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 like i say an equal platform that is what what people enjoy about our events and, and as you say make them stand out from others
0: what we liked about the um, the replay shows, as opposed to other big video game shows, is the diversity in the community involved. Uh, we run tabletop, obviously, so bringing tabletop to a gaming event, it just felt like a good idea with replay. They're so diverse; they set things up very community wise, and I love that feel. It just doesn't have the same feel as other games expos I've been.
2: I mean, like with the tabletop stuff, I went to an event. I think that was at Birmingham as well. It was was it the UK Games Expo? Yes. This um, yes, weekend, isn't it? Is
0: Becky? It is actually. Yeah, we're, we're heading down tomorrow. So. I was, was <laughs> going to
2: say, do you guys do anything for that?
0: Well, we're big fans of UK Games Expo. We know a lot of the people who exhibit there, and um, we've spoken a lot to the people who run it. They're fantastic guys. It, it's a great event, um, and it's pretty much the, the only one in the UK on that level. So, yeah, that's the. Type of in- we take a lot of inspiration from UK Games Expo. It's a fantastic event.
2: That was the first event that we went to as a team and we were actually quite surprised at how big and full it was. I mean, like, tabletop's not my sort of thing and it did look a little bit nerdy when you got in there, but, you know.
1: <laughs> I think Again, you could say the same about a gaming expo, I suppose, as yeah. well. Yeah. Um...
0: What I like about tabletop, again, there's a lot of different aspects to it. So um, I think the reason UK Games Expo is incredibly packed every year is because people just kind of overlook tabletop. There's a lot of fans of it in the UK and in Scotland and surrounding. This is why we started bringing it to Showmasters events and replay events. Just to kind of bring something to the community to have shows that they could go to and get involved in what they love.
1: We, I mean, it's certainly something that when we added it, we it was a very it was a small element of our show. We, we tried it, trialed it um, three years ago now, and every year it grows and it's one of our biggest growth areas and like I said, like I was saying before, there's, there's a lot of crossovers now as well. A lot of the gaming publishers are looking to have board game or tabletop game equivalent of their of their own um, IPs and own games. Uh, and it's it's that element, I think, which is interesting. And it's also bringing it, I think, more, making it more mainstream. Um, you know, as you sort of said, it, I don't like to use the word nerdy, but it was kind of before I think it was seen as, something very very niche where now it's become more uh, more uh, more interesting to a lot of people i think as well because it's become more visible at events people are seeing it and going oh right i've never played that that looks interesting and might drop in and say play something at play expo or egx or one of those other shows that have board games now or tabletop gaming and you know go away from the show saying Do you know what that's really good i'm going to go out i'm going to buy that and introduce that to my friends and that's why i think it's quite a good nice growth industry
2: Yeah, I mean, when I say nerdy, that's probably the wrong word. I mean, to (laughs) me, um, when I sort of tell people they don't quite understand, but I'm one of these people that I don't like crowds of people. I get very nervous and, you know, I don't like talking to people. So for me, going to a place where there's like a group of people playing a game, it's not my sort of thing, you know? It's fair
0: enough. I get what you're saying. It's a definite... um... It's a different social interaction with board games. That's actually the appeal for a lot of people. Uh, you know, a lot of gamers I know, I'm a video gamer myself. You know, I, I play my video games pretty much every night if I can. But once a week, I'll get the guys together. We'll sit around. We'll play some games. It, it's a whole different kind of gaming atmosphere. And I got introduced to it about two years ago. And, and I've just, I love it now. <laughs> really addicted to the tabletop.
1: It's I think, yeah, because traditionally so video gaming can be quite insular. Uh, you know, you can play a video game on your own, and a lot of people do, whereas a board game, it has to be done um, face-to-face so, you know, with other people. So, as, as Becky said, there's that social interaction, which is nice. It's slightly different from kind of video gaming.
2: I mean, like, when I saw some of these tabletop stuff, I mean, one stuck in my mind, because I'm, like, I'm a big Star Trek fan. Not a big Star Wars, oh, yeah. but Star Trek. But they have those big, like, two-foot sort of size... Like starship sort of, and it's like played on like a like a twelve foot bloody board on the floor. It just looks Yeah, I think, I think crazy. that's half
0: of the appeal. It it can be quite collectible as well, especially if you're a fan of a certain genre. Um, I think I know which one you're on about actually because I have it myself. <laughs> um, I think that's Star Trek X-wing, but yeah, it's. Um, it really is something that ends up, uh, even more than video games, it's decimating my bank account. So.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I, mean, I bet those ships would be very expensive.
0: It can be. Um, it depends how, how much you get into it. It's like wargaming's is another area of tabletop, and, and that can be quite a bit pricey if you're wanting to really invest and build up armies and things like that.
2: I just wonder, I play Expo in Glasgow at Brehead Arena on the 11th of June... What time do you guys open?
1: So if you have bought advanced tickets, that is if you bought them on, online through our website, uh, the, you can get in early at 10 o'clock and those people who wish to pay on the door, should we not sell out on either date because we are already um, selling very good numbers of tickets, um, then the doors will open to the paying public on the day at 11 o'clock.
2: Roughly how big? Sort of is the brihead arena
1: mm good question um few thousand square meters i'd say it's a, i mean it's a it's a standard ice hockey arena size on the main floor, but then there's space upstairs and there's other smaller function rooms and breakout rooms and corridor. There's little nooks and crannies and we're we're making the most of every single bit of space if there's if there's space and there's power we're going to stick some machines in there basically.
2: Although I've technically lived in Glasgow for two years, I have no idea where this place is.
1: I could not tell you because my sat-nav tells me. (laughs) I know
2: it's it's very easy to
1: find. It's literally straight off the motorway. It might be the M8 or the M58. There might have been an 8 in it. Do you know what? Directions are on the website. Directions are on the website, Mm. but it's nice and easy to find if... Uh, if, if, if you're driving, and I know there's good public transport links there. It's part of the Brayhead Shopping Centre, which I is was going to
2: say I'd have a guess it would be next to the Inter Brayhead Shopping Centre. It's actually with it. it's inside, inside it.
1: it. It's inside it. The Shopping Centre is all the way around it. I lied yeah. then, I have been to the Shopping Centre. There you go, nice and easy to find. <laughs> next, to, I think there's a snow dome or an ice skating place next door to that.
2: Yeah, I've always wanted to go to, it's got like indoor skiing and indoor mountain climbing. Yes, that's I've always it. wanted to try that, but working nights, I've never got the energy on a weekend to go.
1: <laughs> you should go, you should go, you should come to play in Glasgow yeah. and you should take a few hours out to do some, do some rock climbing. I think every good weekend should consist of a gaming expo and
2: rock climbing. That's it. <laughs> I don't know about that. It seems too much
0: effort. <laughs> or oh, maybe we could play a game about rock climbing, you know, there
2: you go. That's it. As you fit the gaming in, I'm happy. <laughs> so I guess I'll ask the sort of like the normal question: What's your favourite game that you guys play?
1: Ooh. Genres or just literally favourite game of all time?
2: Just. I don't like the question "favorite game of all time" because to me it changes every so often. It does, yeah.
1: That's that. That's uh, uh, that is my answer. I mean, I have, I do have a few games that I played when I was a kid, but there's that whole rose-tinted glasses. Um, I like, I really like um, adventure type games where there's a story. So I'm playing Uncharted Four at the moment. yeah, and I'm quite happy to mix in playing retro games along with you know latest AAA titles or, or indie games. I do like indie titles that do just something different. Uh, they they really really interest me. Indie games uh, because you'll find something that's just completely different and off the wall and uh, not something that like you'd normally go and buy or try. So, uh, but if I had to say my favorite, uh, de- definitely the Uncharted series and uh, yeah, adventure games for me
0: me I'm, I'm very much a horror gamer i always have been I've, I've always loved horror games but um anything really just kind of fast paced I'm, I'm a massive resident evil fan like the early stuff um but i'm also playing uncharted at the moment i'm finding that really good
2: i mean a couple of weeks ago on the podcast with the rest of the team i got laughed at for about 20 minutes because i said my favorite is sega rally <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm not laughing at the game i'm just laughing because why you got laughed at it's a great game to be it's fair,
2: it's not as so, good as Daytona, but oh, I like S- Sega Rally's handling's better. <laughs> it's more of a game. Whereas Daytona's more of an arcade experience.
1: But It's perfectly acceptable uh, answer that to say that.
2: I mean, like to be fair, I think I like just about any Sega model two arcade game. There's not many that are quite bad.
1: I do like. I like Outrun. That's one of mine. Oh
2: yes. I think it's the,
1: the, the arcades, it's a very different thing. Is uh, that the
2: original, or the 2006 yeah, the cost to cost?
1: No, the original. I mean, I love 2006. So I, the, uh, that I was
2: actually quite surprised how good that game was. No, it's
1: great. And Sumo, the game, we know we, we work with yeah. Sumo quite a lot. The guys at Sumo were such nice guys. I really like them. So.
2: Yeah, I was they, very
0: happy. There was a House of a Dead machine at our launch party. I have a lot of fond memories on House of the Dead in
1: arcades. I like shooters, but I'm rubbish. Do you know, gun games, but I'm rubbish them. I like this. I think it brings out the inner Charles Bronson type thing in me or Clint East. (laughs) I like to think I'm really good at shooting, but I'm not. I'm rubbish.
2: I mean, (laughs) when I I used to own a game shop, oh God, from like 2001 for a few years, and we got a a point blank arcade machine in. And I got quite good at that because I set it to free play. And at this revival that me and a mate went to, I challenged him to a game because he said he played it on the PlayStation and was amazing at it. And I beat him, like, on every single stage. And then I played him at Virtua Cop, and he took all the lives, and I didn't get hit once, and I completed the game. <laughs> I, I love that game as well. I love Virtua Cop.
0: Oh, man. Any shooting game, I used to just, yeah, all my money went on that as a kid. <laughs>
2: I think the most money I've ever put into an arcade machine is the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles four-player arcade cabinet. Oh,
0: God, yeah.
2: I think I put 60 quid in one night, and that was when it was like 10 pence ago.
0: go. <sighs> oh, I don't think I've ever spent quite that much on an arcade game. I may be wrong, but whew, that's a lot of money.
2: <laughs> me-, me mum wasn't happy, that was my holiday money. <laughs>
1: I put a lot of money in. There used to be a little cafe uh, when I was in school uh, where we got the school bus and we'd get off and everyone used to pile into that and they had pack land and I used to put all my dinner money in that. I dread to think how much I put in. I'm sure it's not actually that much. At the time, it seemed like a lot. It was, you know, I don't know, 50p a day or pound a day or something. Uh, that's probably explained why I was so stick-thin when I was a kid. I didn't eat any.
2: <laughs> I mean, I remember... When I was on holiday at my granddad's in Leyburn, there was a tiny little cafe and they had an arcade machine. And it's probably still one of my favourite games, but a lot of people give it stick, but Altered Beast. Oh, yeah. I still love right, that game. Rise from your grave, Altered Beast. Yes. Great game. Yeah, I, I love it, but a lot of people just say it's trash. 1980s
1: oh, Sega, they made some of the best games ever.
2: Yes. Definitely.
1: I- and they're, still, and they're remaking them. They remade Old Beast a while back, so, you know, if it, it's rubbish, why would they why would they revive an IP and, and make a reboot of it?
2: Have you actually played the PS2 redo?
1: Uh, it was all right, wasn't it? I
0: didn't I'm play it, actually. I did play
1: it when I didn't. I know I didn't. I've, so, I've sold it a few times. I did, it does well, Japanese version.
2: They changed <laughs> the whole story, though. You're now not trying to... You're not raised from the grave, you're, like... There's a genetic, genetic experiment gone wrong, and you are like a mutant. Okay. So it's like nicking ideas from like Resident Evil. And I was going to say, it
1: sounds very Resident Evil to me. Yeah. It does, yeah. Without quite as much survival horror.
2: But the 3D-ness, considering at the time 3D action games were quite new, it wasn't too bad. You could tell it was a bit low budget, but it played quite well. I enjoyed it.
0: I always get concerned about remakes. I remember the Golden Axe Beast Riders one; that just broke
1: my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been a few games that shouldn't have been remade that were awful. They did a remake of Bionic Commandos as well. That's an old Capcom game from the eighties. That wasn't brilliant.
2: The re one was alright for the XBLA.
1: It could be worse. We could all be in the film industry, and then you'd really be crying. They're making. I saw a website that said they're making a hun- a hundred films. From the, the, in the next two years and there's a list and it's like all, the, the, nearly all my favourite films are on there Sacrilege. so yeah we want to be thankful we're not in that
2: industry I mean I heard about five years ago they were going to do another police academy that was on the list that was on the list was it
1: they should never oh. have done any more than one <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: yeah let's gloss over that film <laughs> I tell you what how much stick has that new Ghostbusters movie been getting
1: I think that's a little. Unfair. I think it's really unfair. I don't. I think it's 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 it, there's a there's qu- there's a sort of dark undertone to all the stick it's getting, and I think it's it's down to sexism. I don't like it to be honest. Uh, you know, people slagging off a film that's not even been made before, uh, ultimately just because it's got women in it. That's how I. That's the way I see it.
2: Might yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's unfair. The only thing I will say is. I did watch the, the trailer, and from that trailer, it does look really bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm one of them who, I'll, I'll see it, and then I'll have a rant. You know, I, there's too much to rant about to pre-rant. <laughs>
1: I'll it's wait until I've got all the ammo. I am like, like that, I like that. Uh, there's too much to rant about them. pre I'm writing that down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do but. enjoy my rants, the team will tell you.
1: <laughs> t-shirts. I'm going to make some T-shirts up for the crew. Not enough time to pre-rant. Brilliant. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so when you guys are doing the the play expos when you do the first ever edition at a new venue do you sort of plan it as if the first one's going to be maybe a little bit of a loss but you just want to get the name out there to hopefully go forward for following years
1: um, I mean no business plans for loss but also you kind of have to be realistic as well um any show grows in momentum every year and you get uh, you know you get more people interested in attending you get more people interested in sponsoring and you get more people interested in exhibiting so assuming you're doing it right your show should grow each year um but yeah i mean we look at a new venue and <clears throat> we don't expect to make you know huge amounts of money on that uh you, you yeah you look to build on each show
0: yeah i think um a new show is always a bit of a wild card. You're going to have that. Uh, other shows you can plan based on what last year's responses were and things like that. But you can... it is quite exciting to launch a new show. It's very unpredictable.
1: We haven't done it at a new venue for, um, for ages in fact we 've been supply see we supply uh, because both myself and becky 's businesses supply to other businesses but that 's not quite the same as planning your own event, going to a new venue and checking it out and finding out all its nuances and you know starting a floor plan that is just a blank piece of paper, a blank canvas it 's quite it 's exciting now, but it' was quite i 've forgotten how difficult it was because it's been <laughs> that long since we 've done it because manchester we 've been running for four years blackpool we 've been doing for six or seven and the Margate Show. We've, although we've done our own for two years, three years before that, we were supplying to a third party. So, yeah, it's been four years since we've turned up at a new venue. And I'm sure on the day there'll be lots of challenges, but, you know, we've been doing this long enough now. I'm sure we'll be fine.
0: I think the only other new one we've done is the London Gaming Mart last year, but that's that's not an expo. So that was a lot it's simpler. Yeah. No, it's, it's a lot different to plan for and run something like a gaming market compared to an expo.
2: I, mean, I was just wondering, with some of the older arcade machines that you'll have at the event, will you guys be having any of the old Sega, was it the 360 sort of games?
1: The spinny round upside down ones? Yes. The... They, <clears throat> so, we, our machines um, are supplied by a third party who we've been working with for years. Um, although, actually, some of the machines are mine. I, do, I I, I went and bought loads of arcade machines a while back. But anyway, that's... Just uh, and we did brought we brought them to Manchester, and they had so many problems. They don't, I mean, arcade machines, just as a general rule, really don't like being moved because they've got very old parts in them. The the ones like R three hundred and sixty and and afterburner that have got you know gyros and other parts that physically move like to be moved even less. So the consensus was that that after that show that he wasn't going to move them anymore and they were gonna stay in situ where they are so unfortunately not there won't be any and plus the other thing is they take up the space of three four plus arcade machines and, and it, it's not so much of a problem at a venue like Manchester which is huge but at the Brayhead where we're limited on space there was a there was a conscious effort that I went through the, our supply of, of arcade machines and we p- picked smaller form factor ones so we could fit in the numbers that we wanted to fit in and um, so yeah Sorry.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you might have to sort of like let me have some details about the supplier and I'll beg for to buy a couple of (laughs) Sega arcade machines. Yeah. You need space for them, though. That's the other thing. I've got a spare room, it's fine. Okay,
1: and some of and I think, you know, the, I think some weigh like half a ton as well.
2: I'm on the ground floor flights. You're fine. all right
1: then. You've got concrete floor, you're okay. Yes. you boxes. This is good. <laughs> I just won't, there's I won't, a
2: plan here. I won't, I, won't, I, won't, I, won't, I won't inform my girlfriend. She'll just walk in one day and there's like a group. Could... There'll be
1: a gigantic
2: car yeah. in there. <laughs> <laughs> I t- I've always wanted to try the. Was it the called Ridge Racer Full Scale? With the Mazda MX5 full size car that you sat in.
1: Ah. I mean there's quite a few quite a few of those I mean think outrun was the first one that actually physically moved, uh, and then i don 't know if the others actually moved that since then had hydraulics in them and there 's a lot of the ones that you can sit down in and they, they have like force feedback steering wheels and blow air out at you and things like that uh, so i can 't think of the exact one that you 're talking about, but yeah there 's quite a few I, I like those physical games there 's quite a few there was one that Namco did a while back Alpine skier, and you kind of yes. studied these skis and you kind of jig backwards and forwards. That was quite cool.
2: At the same sort of time, Sega, they did... Was it Top Skater?
1: Is that a similar sort
2: of, sort of one? Yeah, but you stand on like a skateboard and you have to like uh-huh. tri- you know, flick it up and that to do the...
1: Sorry, I on that. I was quite good at skateboarding when I was a kid. I say it's quite good. <laughs> I, I skateboarded. In my mind, I was quite good.
0: I was probably rubbish. Um, but yeah. I used love the
1: motorbike <laughs> ones, personally. Did you, a motorbike really did you have a motorbike? Or... Did you live your dreams of being a biker out through motorbike games? Definitely
0: the games. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts less when you fall off.
2: That's
1: true. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I've always enjoyed. I mean, I think the pinnacle of like the motocross sort of games was I oh got the Nintendo sixty four game that Nintendo made. Mm, the Excite Bike. Excite sixty four. Excite sixty four. Yeah, I, I thought that was amazing.
1: Um, there was a good... What was it? <coughs> there was a good I've... Motocross game on the PS4. We had it at PlayX a few years ago. MXGP, maybe? Something like that. Published by PQ. That's quite a good game.
2: I think I've got that.
1: Yeah,
2: I like that. I, I think they got I'm a stuck bit... in my
0: classics, like Road Rash, to be honest. I still love that game.
2: <laughs> they spoiled it when they went 3D, though.
0: Yes. Classic Road Rash.
2: I think... It was best maybe when it was half and half, like on the 3D on the original PlayStation, with the 3D mm-hmm. backgrounds, but with the 2D sprites.
0: I think that's the last one I've played, actually. Yeah, I did enjoy that one.
2: Yeah. I mean, at the time, it looked amazing. How bad do some of these games look now we look on the PS1?
0: <laughs> I was just having this discussion the other day, um, what we were playing, uh, Silent Hill, and we were saying how the fog kind of helps cover up all the bad graphics. Yeah. Uh, but it was cutting edge when we got it, and we were very
2: impressed.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's like anything. You look back at the games we're playing now, and in, in 10 years' time, you'll go, oh, how rubbish is that?
2: <laughs> to be fair, I'm not sure if that will be the case, because I think nowadays, the actual the games, they're not really getting that much better from system to system. They're just adding in... Like, it's the layer, mean, layer, of,
1: layer of detail, the attention to detail that you can put in, I guess. Yeah, doesn't... it's
2: the AI, things like that, that the old processes would scream at, whereas now it's they've got loads of space, so it's just dump loads of stuff on.
0: I think what we're going to be saying in five years is oh, it's not virtual reality, I can't be bothered.
1: I you think know? <laughs> that's maybe or, going to be the next. Or conversely, thing. you could be saying in five years' time, remember that virtual reality thing? What? <laughs>
2: I'm, yeah, still, like I'm, still the, I'm
1: still on the yeah. fence. I'm still on the fence with VR, but that, it's it's I, I I can't do it. It annoys me. I just get it's like I'm seasick when i do doing it after like thirty seconds. It doesn't matter what I play. It just makes me Ill, so I mean, I, I, oh
2: yeah. I, I don't know what you guys think, but I me, mean, I've tried the. I think it was the Oculus Rift. Mm-hmm. And yes, the movement's good. This, it, that, the other. The only problem I had, it looks like you're looking through binoculars because you can see, like, black all the way around before you get to the screens. Yeah,
0: uh, that, I think that was the one that made me motion sick as well, but um, I tried *The Morpheus for the PlayStation 4, and that was just beautiful. I've got to admit.
1: We've got, we're going to have two Oculus Rifts, and i th- we might have... There you go. Here's your exclusive. Here it is. We might have a HTC Vive as well. We're speaking to a guy about bringing that to Glasgow, but we've definitely got to Oculus Rift. So, if anybody listening is coming to the show and fantasy, is trying it out, and we could maybe we should put a little, uh, do a little poll. Made me sick, didn't? Made me sick. <laughs> 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 How many people it makes feel ill That's not
2: fair. That's not
1: fair. Please
0: take the box for nausea. Oh no, nausea. Yeah, we could yeah. do that.
2: I mean, like, I get terrible travel sickness, and I never got sick while I was playing it. But it's the same with, like, the 3D cinemas. It's Mm. the same sort of technology with two different screens, so your eyes are focusing differently. Mm. So if you get headaches at a cinema, then the likelihood is you'll get headaches and dizziness when you're playing the virtual reality headsets.
1: I'm, uh, sure, I'm sure there's something that, there's something I'm sure I read somewhere it has something to do with the how curved or convex or concave your eyes are or whatever the term would be, and with the Oculus you can fine tune it, um, uh, and it, and it can eliminate that. Uh, obviously, when we've we've had it at the shows, we've just got it out and we've just not done any tweaks on it because people are only playing it for for a few minutes. But I guess if you bought your own headset, because they're commercially available now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, you we, say that, but. The, the Oculus, they still haven't given it all to the, like the backers for Kickstarter yet. They're still...
1: Are they still backf- backf- backfilling?
2: Yeah. What they basically uh. said on the website is, if you've got a, a c- certificate to say you've bought one with us, take it to Best Buy, show them that certificate, buy it from them, and then we'll refund you the credit. <laughs> because they don't have any in their warehouse to send out.
1: So you mean they're selling them commercially before... The, ooh, that's... Yeah. Oh, I'm, that not was, gonna, I'm not was, going to comment on that. But. There was a lot of mm. who
2: about it a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Which, yeah, you should give it to the first round of people first and then...
1: Well, that's the whole point, isn't it? Of Backing something on like Kickstarter, uh, you, want to, you want it, you want, well, as well as you want to see it succeed, you kind of want your copy or your, your prototype or whatever before anybody else. Yeah. So...
0: I think it's like any other new technology It will get better and they'll fix the bugs But whether or not it's just going to be another kitschy thing Or the next thing for gaming I think that remains to be seen yet
1: I mean, have Microsoft phased out the Kinect altogether?
0: No, no, I'm actually using it now to Skype on my Xbox One (laughs)
1: That's what I use it for Are they producing games that have got Kinect features in it?
0: A lot of voice control, more than anything um, I think they've accepted that gamers don't want to jump up and down and
2: everything
1: after a long day at work.
2: <laughs> mm. I will say, though, Connect Sports, still a really good game. Yeah.
1: I like the Jedi one, the light, bat- bat- light battles, is it? On the cat- that was fun. That's quite good, yeah.
2: That got a proper kick in. I like it. I think that got on average about, is it like 30%? Well, I'm going to book the trend,
0: you know. <laughs> No, it had problems, but I just wanted to pretend to be a Jedi, and I got that. I think
2: that's what happy. it was.
1: I think that's what it was. I did it at an event. I had, like, a foam foamy stick thing. or
2: It was great fun. I, mean, <laughs> I think the biggest issue people had is because, again, I'm not a Star Wars fan, so I can say this.
0: Oh, yeah, I am. People
2: sorry. are proper <laughs> oversensitive to anything with the Star Wars name. And this game, it had songs that was like remixes of real songs, but with like Han Solo's name being sung instead of the the lyrics, <laughs> and people proper took offence to it. But I thought it's it's a party, it's a kids' game, you know, it's not to be taken too serious.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. Oh. I played it. I played it in a show environment, um, and as well, I suppose the other thing is, I played it for five minutes. And it was tolerable for five minutes, yeah. but would I, if I'd have gone out and paid you know, my £40 and my hard-earned money, would I have thought there's enough
0: oh, no. in it to I mean, cover that? If you're a serious Star Wars fan, you want a serious experience, you'd go for the Knights of the Old Republic or something. You wouldn't go out and get this
1: game. <laughs> Front 2 on the Xbox, that's better.
2: I've never liked those games.
1: Well, let's, let's gloss over the last Star Wars game.
2: Um,
0: yeah, I'm a massive Star Wars fan, but the games, it, its you can't get too precious, I think that's the problem, when when you love something, if someone's going to interpret it into a different media, it's going to be different, um, and some I enjoyed, some I didn't, but they were they're separate from the films to me, so.
1: Very
2: diplomatic response. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I field a lot of arguments in the office about Star Wars, we've got very diplomatic
2: I guess we'll go back to the uh, expo then. Do you have any special guests lined up? Shh. Um no. It's,
1: yeah. it's, no we did we, we we thought about it and it's one of the things we specifically chose not to do because it with it being a launch show and a new venue and we weren't sure what the crowd was going to be, we weren't sure whether we're just gonna be there for the retro or they were gonna be there for um newer stuff. We just wanted to gauge interest and also just didn't want to bite off more than we could chew for the first show. Um because not only is this a, a new show it comes nestled in between two other shows I mean la- was it last weekend Becky we were at Manchester for Manchester Film and Comic Con yes. and then we've got a couple of weeks and then we have got a uh, Margate show so it really would have kind of been spreading ourselves a little too thin if we had the added uh, job of bringing in special guests talks we would have had to brought another stage, build another stage which would have taken away more space from the show floor um, all those things. A few people have asked. So it's it's interesting to hear what people want. Is it, you know, is it a show that can stand up without guests? Cause we don't bring guests into market. Um, or do people want guests? Uh, and as well, it just gives it, it means we can build on the show and do something different next year. So um, that's so no guests this year.
0: For me, I don't know if Andy will agree, but I, I really wanted to put the focus on putting more gaming in there, more diversity of gaming and different gaming choices. And I really wanted the focus to be on that for this one. I mean, if if it's something people want, then yeah, we'd look to incorporate it later on. Absolutely, but yeah.
1: I mean, we will. We do. After all our shows, we send out surveys, and it's one of the. It is specific. Going to be a very specific question that we ask people. And if there's a, you know, if there's a strong enough response, absolutely, we'll add it to next year's. Um, that said, if there's anybody listening that would like to appear as a guest that's in the games industry, then maybe we could just squeeze her in last minute.
2: I mean, I know a few months ago, I think it was, I did email, I think it was, is it Hayley? I can't remember now. There's another person, like your two selves and... Indra.
1: Um, Indra, yes, no, it will be. Indra does all our press and PR. She's our
2: like community manager. Heather Hall? Mm,
1: no. no. No, we don't have any
2: Haley's. No, nope. no Haley's. Oh, because I got an email from her saying, thanks for coming, unless I've got the name in my phone wrong. Oh, no, it's mm-hmm. MC Frank. Oh,
0: uh,
1: that's our PR company.
2: Ah. Oh,
0: right, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, sorry, Haley's, yes, works
2: <laughs> for the PR company.
1: No, yes. I thought you meant work for Replay, work for us, Oh,
2: it? well, yes, yeah. it, it was emails relating to Play Expo. I didn't know who they were, it was just... And I was talking to to her a good few months ago about saying that we would like to do like a live panel sort of thing. And I emailed a couple of like local developers and they were all keen on coming along and sitting on the panel sort of thing. But unfortunately, they never really got back to me.
1: Well, we can talk. It's something we can build on for next year. There you go, see... This is it. This is I this is ideas happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 deliver a great show and then let's uh, let's talk afterwards. Mm. I mean,
2: it's a great I, mean idea. I, I will say one thing it's not going to happen now cuz he's just gone on holiday for a few weeks but if I'd have had confirmation I'd have had John Hare along as well cuz he's a good friend. Oh uh,
1: yeah John I know you okay. see um uh, We are bringing... We've not announced this yet, actually. I just realised. Here you go.
2: Social soccer.
1: Social soccer, yes. So so John, somebody told you, yeah. So Gustav, who came, who's on the team, he's coming. um, So we're going to have that there. So there you go. Yeah, we did have John at
0: Blackpool, but um, but unfortunately he's away.
1: John did say, he said, you know, I'd have come and done a talk. And to be honest, if... uh, We probably would have done. We would have done something on stage. It would have been quite nice, actually. It's, It's just not something we wanted to add in this time i think we just wanted to deliver a good show and like becky said bang on just make it about the gaming and then look at other areas look at things that people can be interested in bringing you know we didn't didn't do any youtubers there's other bit elements of gaming shows that we could bring in we haven't done specifically any esports so there's different things that we can add in next time dependent on what people want
2: yeah i mean as you say it's understandable it's basically get the basics down to a t and then work on what can be added and expanded upon in the coming yeah. years. I'm just wondering well,
1: what didn't work because you can deliver the same show in two different locations to two different audiences and something might work really well to one audience and not to another. So just because this is, you know, we're doing things this way uh, and this show it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. There might be some element that we say, let's do less of that, but let's bring more of this in. And I think, you know, we're just uh, right now find out what works. I mean, I think we know what works. If I'm going to be honest, I'm pretty confident we are. I think new by now you should well. do. I, just, I just <laughs> hope so, yes, definitely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I just wondered, just quickly off the top of your head, do you know if you've got the other new remake soccer game coming out? The kickoff
1: Oh, kickoff on. Oh, at the show? Yeah. No, no we haven't. No. I, do you know what? I think it'd be good fun we should get Dino Dini and John to have a get uh, have a tournament with each other on each other's games.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> I would
2: love to watch that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've never met Dino Dini.
1: Yeah, I met mean, we we had him at our Manchester show maybe 2 or 3 years ago. Very nice guy. Very nice guy.
2: I mean, people say that. Um I got into a bit of a what what you call like a Twitter War sort of thing. It's a war. Because <laughs> I don't know if you guys are aware there's a, a game on like iOS called is it The Player Manager 2016 or something. Which is basically using all the art assets and everything of his old Player Manager sort of games. And they're just tweaking it for iOS. And he's not happy about that. They've originally said that he, uh, he gave them permission to do this that the other and it was a bit of a a thing so I interviewed the guy from the game and he didn't like that and yeah we got into a bit of a argument I mean I was just I wasn't that bothered bothered but you know when you just sort of like I was just trying to go at it a little bit and I think he took it the wrong way
0: it's a difficult one I I used to be a reviewer and uh it, it can be tricky when you personally know people who've made games as well, and then you've uh, maybe not been so kind in a review. Yeah. Tricky one.
2: I mean, on, on that sort of note, I mean, Nintendo won't give us any games anymore. <laughs> because I was mean to their Mario Maker game. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, they, they can get a bit touchy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, their official stance was. Oh, we've run out of allocated stock. You'll have to email later on, sort of thing. But yeah, as soon as they'd send us all the games out, and then as soon as I gave Mario 3 out of 5, they just say, Thanks for the review. And oh. I don't like hear back from him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've heard of, yeah, a few stories like that through the years, but um, yeah, it, it's very tricky being a reviewer in the video game industry, <laughs> to be honest.
2: I mean, like, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I've had a couple of people on the team and they've handed in reviews and I've had to sort of email the company saying, I'm not going to run the review. The review's that bad. It's, I'm not going to put it up on the site.
0: I do think it it comes down to, um, basically, it's people's opinions, you know, and that's what reviews are, you know, it... It, it's a difficult line to walk, but uh, yeah, I always agree with honest opinion.
1: Really, if, I, I suppose it depends how you put it across. I mean, if it's not, it, and I'm not talking about anything specific here at all, um, but if you write a review and there's you know, as long as you highlight the positive points as well, so it's a balanced review rather than I hated this, I hated every bit about it. There's this, there was bad, and this bad, and not talk about any of the good points. Then yeah, you know, and like you say, it's it's personal preference and you know yeah, yeah. I, mean, I
0: always found it more difficult on Twitch when you're doing live reviews because you know you get frustrated and and that slips out <laughs> while you're playing so um, yeah it's it is difficult but uh, I think to be honest you, you're giving your opinion to the gamer audience you know and, and there's a diplomatic way of doing things
2: yeah or oh, you can just put out a review that's really quite cruel in hope just to get clicks
0: yeah <laughs> Well, it works for the escapist. So big
2: Yapsy fan. Again, I think that's another game that we got, and like a lot of games, it's there's bits in it that's good, bits in it that we don't like. It's just the a three out of five sort of game. But a lot yeah. of people, when you saw, I, I guess it's people take it as a personal attack if you say a game they likes you don't like it. It
1: is, if, I mean, you, I, I understand that because if you've worked on something for a very long time and then you read negativity, it's hard not to feel like it's personal on you. Like the first, for a long, to be honest, a long time, three, four years, you know, it's only recently I've stopped list not listening, that's not the right thing to say. <laughs> I've stopped taking personally um, negative things people say, say about the show because it's impossible that you're not going to get any because there's no perfect show because everybody has different preferences and obviously a show changes each year so some people say oh i liked it better last year because this was different but if you didn't change that then someone would take exception to that and they'd say well it was the same as last year so you're in a no win situation is the first thing and you know it's just people's opinions and you can't please everybody but i did i did used to read every review and anything that was negative i would yeah i'd cry yeah, it's to my pillow <laughs>
0: I like to take it now as a bit of constructive feedback. It, it's all feedback. It's all ways to improve. <coughs>
1: that's good. Way it, looking at it, yeah, a good way. It looking is it.
0: trying to kind of pick out what someone's just having a personal bad day and didn't like something, to things that you know can actually be improved and worked upon. So,
1: I, think yeah, that's I mean, they don't mind if it's constructive, and sometimes people do come come and give us really constructive feedback, and I like that uh, and I welcome that. Uh, and it means as well that people are passionate about it and, you know, they've enjoyed, they care about it enough to write to you, to tell you. That's one way looking at it. But sometimes when people say, I, I, I didn't like it because they had, they had this game out and I don't like this game, it's like, well, you know, that's, that's just personal preference. There's nothing I can yeah. do about that.
2: Because, I mean, like, we got a game a couple of weeks ago and the PR person basically said, we know the game's not good. <laughs> We just want a constructive criticism that we can give to the developer, so they can take the ideas forward that they liked with that game. Which is a bit weird, really, because you think if they're a what developer, they really know like what the they're game?
1: doing. And what if you don't really like the game as well?
2: Yeah,
0: you'd yeah, think that would be something for the QA department, really, before the game got released. <laughs> but um,
2: yeah. Then again, look at the the Marines game. The Aliens, Colonial Marines.
0: Oh, oh, the game that shall not be mentioned, yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know if you guys read the emails that were sent back and forwards from Sega and Gearbox. Because like, someone was... broke, you know, like, got them and it was so funny. Gearbox were basically saying, oh, we need another few months, we need another few months, give us another million pound. And Sega just said, that's the deadline, release it on that day no matter what. So. <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: it's tricky sometimes. Um, I went down, uh, when Alien Isolation was being made, I went down and got invited by Creative Assembly to have a look at it before it got released, and I know there was always stigma still hanging over it from Colonial Marines. Um, and But to be honest, uh, Sega and Creative Assembly seemed to be working quite well together on that one. It was a fantastic game, and it's washed a bitter taste of Colonial Marines out of my mouth, so I'm happy. Um, but yeah... It, there is a lot of different pressures when you're making a game, and such that people just don't.
1: Und- I'm not a game developer, so I'm not really able to comment. To be honest, I'm sure. Yeah, no. there are. I'm sure it's a, there's a lot more things, like, like anything, that to, to consider that, than than we're aware of. And if it yeah. was that easy, then everybody would be making games. We'd all be doing it, wouldn't we? Yeah,
0: well, exactly.
2: I mean, I think the furthest I've ever got was I had an animated cat that it could jump around the screen on a, like, a little platform section. And that took about five hours. Which that's, I was, I was uh, quite happy with. It's sh-
1: uh, one platform and one cat further than I've ever got. <laughs> yeah, me too.
2: <laughs> I mean, I've got a couple of developer friends and uh, I videoed the 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 game being played and I emailed it to him saying that took me five hours. And he emailed back saying... The program that I used, it must be really good because to do that from scratch, to build it from scratch, it had taken him like three, four weeks. I was like, oh, that's not bad.
0: Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot that goes into the games, you know, and yeah, it's hard work, but... Some people are going to like some things, some people are going to hate other things. I think I only get upset when a a big, massive game comes out, which should have been amazing, but had everything going for it, all the money, the team, everything, and then it's just a letdown. That's when I tend to get a bit ranty.
2: Yeah, but to be fair, how often does that really happen nowadays? I I won't (laughs) go on a rant.
0: I won't go on a rant again. (laughs) there's one that came out a couple of months he's ago he's
1: trying though. to get an answer out of you, he's trying to get you to say something controversial,
2: don't forfeit no, <laughs> I, I just want to hear a game that you think was disappointing, I just want to see if I agree or not
0: um, a lot a lot of my disappointment always goes in storyline, I think it is an overlooked area in a lot of uh, big game releases and it's something that I always criticise so there's, there's been a lot of releases in the past year that uh, I haven't been fully on board with because of that I'm not going to name them. I'm
2: not, I promise. <laughs> I mean, like, I remember when we were doing the our Game of the Year show. Again, this is probably why Nintendo don't like us. I, I went on about <laughs> how I got Splatoon after everyone was saying it's an amazing third-person shooter, one of the best released. And I hated that game. I just hated it so much. And yeah, I be-
1: mean... But if you don't like the first-person humor, sorry, then you...
2: you well, you... I, I love Gears of War.
1: Okay.
2: it's. I think it's the oh. fact that when you... I think Nintendo have designed the game to be used with the tilt of the big, massive Fisher-Price, my-first-controller pad. And if you turn that off and use the sticks, the actual turning circle is so slow that you have to use the the motion control. And it, I just can't use that. But. I
0: think there's, there's a few games that have been developed that rely a lot on the kit they developed with. Like, uh, I played Zombie U on the Xbox One. and uh, Sorry, just Zombie on the Xbox One. Um, I much preferred it on the Wii U because of the, the pad and what you could do with the pad. And I think it's lost something kind of going over to Xbox. But, yeah, it's like a lot of the shooter games that were designed with PlayStation Move and things just aren't as fun without it, to be honest.
2: How many were really designed with PlayStation Move? I think a lot of them were just made and then they just added the feature in.
0: <laughs> That's a very valid point. <laughs> um, for me it was the Resident Evil shooters. I would played them on the Wii and when they brought them over to um, PlayStation because I had to move, it was fun. But it wouldn't have been without the, con- with the think, control
2: pad. I think, was it Dead Space Extraction? I think that was a really good sort of game that used hmm. the Move controller.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. I I like that. It was horror, so I I had a bit of a go on that. I always try and play every horror game. But um...
1: didn't they do an ape escape? Ape escape game with with move. That was quite good, wasn't it? If I remember rightly. I I like ape escape. I know know I'm in the minority there. I
2: I enjoyed the original on the PS PS one. It's
1: great. It was the first game that you, you pressed the D, uh, one of the one, sorry, one of the um, thumb buttons, and if you just pressed it, it was like an extra button. It was really clever. I liked it. It
2: was a fun game. That so must have been oh. about 98 then when that came well, out. What's not
1: fun about catching monkeys?
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> yep, monkeys in a game, that, that's a win for
2: me. It's so so yeah. I guess finally, the cosplay. I mean, I'm old. I don't get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's no age on cosplay I, I've definitely found that running cosplay Some of the best ones have been um, Older people cosplaying It's fantastic
1: My daughter's but, cosplay at Blackpool And she's three and a half yeah, I'm sure. serious, she did, she loved it I think I've unleashed An uh, inner, I don't know Exhibitionist inner there though back that and haunt me
0: <laughs> Well that's it, she'll be a cosplayer now You'll be spending a fortune <laughs>
2: I tell you what, funny story, it's a little bit wrong, but when I was at Revival a couple of years ago, there was a, a cosplayer cast, dressed up as Ken, with the red jumpsuit sort of thing and the yellow hair, and, and I went to the toilet and he was in there, and he went I had a wee, and he, he came out without washing his hands and he was, like, shaking people's hands all day. Oh, don't tell <laughs> me
0: that!
1: Oh! <laughs> oh, you just shamed someone there, that's... <laughs>
0: that guy's going to listen to this and just be so ashamed.
2: (laughs) Jimmy just sort of stood there and, oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine how that was a a bit disillusioning for you, seeing one of your heroes do something like that. But, (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I I love cosplay. I think it's um, a fantastic expression of... How passionate people get about
1: video games and and film, TV, everything really. It's escapism as well, I think, isn't it? That's kind of. Yeah, I don't do it. i I'm not. I, I don't do it. It's not, not my thing. I'm not saying I wouldn't wouldn't do it. I've I've been to fancy dress parties and get got dressed up, and you know what? You mess around. No, I get it because you know when you do that in that environment, you mess around. You're playing the role, and you know whatever whatever you've got. It's at. fun. I uh, I guess it's the same sort of thing isn't it a bit of escapism bit I mean yeah, it's
0: a lot of fun and to be honest um with me uh when I d- I haven't done very much cosplay um but when I have it, it's been very it builds your confidence up it's fantastic you just people coming up to you going oh my god can I have a photo with you you look fantastic and and it's really nice
1: you get that normally
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well we can't all be famous andy you know Some of us have to cosplay.
1: <laughs>
2: my dreams. I mean, like I'll put it out there. Um, I've never cosplayed. I've it's never been my interest. Because whenever I see it, I mean, I'll be honest. Whenever I see it, it's normally like 15, 16 year old girls that are really loud, and it's not my sort of thing. <laughs> But that
1: was that was my initial opinion of it the, the first time we did it and then i when i saw it when when it was done when we brought it to manchester when we moved our show to manchester and um, and we had ser- serious cosplays and that's not been to the detriment of anybody that does it it's, i still think it's great you know no, no matter what your level is but when the, the people who had designed really intricate Costumes and really got into the roles. I I, I kind of got it a little bit. I, it's like you know you really like this character. You build the costume yourself. There's a huge labour of love there, and then <clears throat> you go out as that person, act as that person, and like like Becky said, you know, seeing their their reaction and people wanting to take photos with you will be you know it's been nice. It's the same as delivering a great show. Same same sort of thing, I guess. You know, you'd be really happy with that you're giving people you know on on different levels, but you're giving people you know putting a smile on their face.
0: I, I absolutely love some of my favorite um experiences have been like kids just their faces like you know when you see Captain America or or something like that and just running over it, it's fantastic and and I've heard some wonderful stories about kids being like lost at expos and going up to superheroes to help them because they know they're superheroes <laughs>
1: I'm not I'm, well, I'm not going to say who it was but one of our staff members said They like going up to cosplayers but saying the wrong character. So (laughs) he was going up to guys dressed as the guy from Deadpool and going, Oh, Spider Man. (laughs) (laughs) He says he just likes messing around with people. I'm not going to say who that was. I'm
2: not going to name and shit.
0: I've been kind of an inkling, but yeah, I'll I'll keep that secret.
2: (laughs) Of course, I think that's going to be my new game. That that sounds.
0: glorious
2: (laughs) (laughs) glorious <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think uh, what I like about it with the gaming aspect is a lot of people have said to me they've played um, RPGs like uh, Fallout or uh, Oblivion Skyrim and, and it's just like a continuation of that role play game they're b- bringing it out of the game and making their own armour and things and it's really nice to hear there's a lot of work goes into a lot of these costumes and they're fantastic
2: I mean I guess I it's... think it
0: adds a lot of colour
2: I mean, I'm not, as I say, I'm not into it at all, and to me, it seems as though it's a lot of the Japanese RPGs that get the treatment. I guess Mm. their characters, the way they dress and look, are a lot more outlandish. Yeah. Whereas some of the Western games, it's just like, you wear a blue overall suit.
0: Well, I literally had one girl say to me, I, I was like, wow, your costume's amazing. You know, why did you go with that? And she's like, well, where else could I wear this? <laughs> so, yeah, it, it brings that whole like acceptance of um, basically dressing whichever way you want from games, which you'd never usually be able to do. If you went out on a night out, fancy dress with your friends, they wouldn't have any clue who you were. But you go to an expo, everybody knows who you are. It's, it's quite a nice idea. I liked that.
2: I mean, I remember... The Queen's Jubilee must have been, it was about four years ago now, maybe longer, I can't remember. Um, at work, we were allowed to wear anything that was red, white and blue. So, me being me, I thought I'd take it to the extreme. So, I picked out a red dress with blue tights and a white hat. <laughs> and I went to the store manager just to make sure, because I, I used to serve on a till. And I, I went just to make sure and goes, yeah, you can wear what you want. So I came in in that, and the amount of people that were stood in the queue waiting a good 20 minutes to get served, and they'd look at me, doing an up and down, and just sort of like, no, I'll, I'll work for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm not dressed up like this, like, it's not what I normally wear, you know, it's just a bit of a laugh. But... No, I
0: know what you mean, it's... um, I obviously I, d- I talk to a lot of cosplayers and uh, I've, I've seen them at um, after events and things like that and honestly just walked straight past them, hadn't had a clue who they were and I've been talking to them for two days in costume. <laughs> you just, you, yeah, it's a transformation.
2: Play Expo is at Glasgow on the 11th and 12th so I guess, is it both days if you have advanced tickets it's at 10 then 11 if you're not?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh,
1: weekend tickets are available on the website, there's a discount and we have family tickets with even bigger discounts.
2: And do you know roughly what time it runs till on an evening?
1: Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Six o'clock both days yet. So 10 till six if you've got advanced tickets. Get an extra hour.
2: That's pretty cool. So I will just say thank you. It's been nice chatting with you for an hour or so. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And I wish you guys best of luck with the Glasgow Expo and I hope it grows in the coming years.
1: Will we see you down there? That's the big question. are you coming?
2: I'm talking to Hayley and yes, maybe. Yes. Yes Yes is the answer. I I should be there, yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: How can you miss it? You know? You're
2: you're, you're quite right, I guess. I mean, the, the only problem is because I work on a Sunday night... I'll definitely be there on the the Saturday and the Sunday. I might pop down for, uh, you know, like until about one, two Mm o'clock. And then I'll have to get off home and get some sleep before I go to work. Cool.
0: Yeah, definitely come along.
2: See you there. All right. Cheers, mate. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you. ching
0: Bye.
2: Hey, guys. Justin here. I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you a lot. Yes,
0: you in particular in that way. And I wanted to say I think you're great. I've always said that about you. And I was wondering, if you think we're great if you could give us a quick rating on iTunes we'd really appreciate it. It would really, really help us out in that, you know, podcasty sort of way. And if you're feeling particularly festive, perhaps even a little saucy, maybe stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash O-U-G and see if you can't slip a few bucks our way. After all Every little penny or whatever space money they use in Europe helps out the show. Thanks for listening. OUG Gaming will always be free, but with your support, we can always move forward and always be better.